1: See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh
3: for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds. Free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy. And a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
2: NBA Flashback is a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA.
3: David Thompson, high in the air
4: In North Carolina, there was God and then there was David Thompson.
5: I saw a man his height jump like he does. He's got the greatest
3: leaping ability I've ever seen. Played that afternoon in the first quarter. I broke Will Chamberlain's scoring record. Uh, he had 31 points in a quarter. I scored 32, and I ended up with 53 and a half. But Gervin played that night.
4: At the other guard position from Eastern Michigan at 68 inches, number 44, George Gervin. For me, it was one of the greatest times in my career, so I got the call. David Thompson just scored 73. He just took the scoring lead from you. You need 59. Iceman drives for the hoop. Isn't that pretty? Gervin, who can hit him anywhere.
5: Gervin, the Iceman again. Hello.
2: George Iceman Gervin and David Skywalker Thompson two awesome nicknames, and two of the greatest players in ABA and NBA history. Their stories will forever be intertwined thanks to a crazy day in 1978 when they had one of the best scoring duels of all time. They just weren't playing in the same game. I'm Sarah Kustak, and you're listening to NBA Flashback, the show that takes you back to the greatest moments in NBA history, using archival audio from the NBA, as well as new interviews with the players and coaches who were in the building. On today's episode of NBA Flashback, we go all the way back to April 9th, 1978. When disco was king, the Bee Gees were the biggest band in the world, and Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta was the most popular movie in America. It was the last day of the 1978 regular season. David Thompson and his Denver Nuggets were in Detroit playing the Pistons in the afternoon. And George Gervin and the Spurs were New Orleans playing the Jazz at night. Going into the day, Gervin held a slight lead over Thompson in the NBA scoring race with 26.8 points per game to Thompson's 26.6. And the two were about to have a shootout for the ages to decide the title. However, all of the focus in the NBA was on the Celtics, where John Havlicek was playing his last game and having his retirement ceremony at halftime. So all the TV cameras were in Boston. That left no TV coverage for any other NBA game that day, and the radio broadcast didn't get preserved. As crazy as it sounds today, there's no existing footage for what turned out to be two of the best individual performances in NBA history. So for an inside perspective on the drama of the day, we bring in George Gervin's teammate with the Spurs, three-time ABA All-Star, 1974 ABA champion, the Whopper, Billy Paltz. Billy, I can't thank you enough for taking the time coming in and joining us to talk about some amazing memories. You were an ABA champion with the Nets. You were an ABA All-Star when the ABA and the NBA merged. How, how did that change what what were some of the things that you saw, and, and especially when your Spurs team joined the NBA?
5: Well, the excitement was, you know, now we've, we've merged into one. We want to prove ourselves. Talk us talk and, and talk us cheap. But let's get on the floor and play. And I think one of my most exciting games, which I remember the most, is we had to go to Philadelphia to play our first NBA game in Philadelphia. Julius Irving was on that team, and they had a roster of all stars, Doug Collins and Daryl Griffin and Bobby Jones from North Carolina. We came in there, and we were the kind of little old band from Texas, little old team from down in San Antonio, and we came up there and beat them. And that was quite an exciting night, and especially for me. I think I had the most points. I scored 27 points, only 14 rebounds and three blocks.
2: Pretty impressive memory from Billy, October 22nd, 1976, According to our research, Billy scored 27 with seven rebounds and four blocks, and the Spurs went over the Sixers.
5: So I was like the star of the game, and I said, what a great way to start my NBA career.
2: Billy, I look back at some of your stats. You, you, had, you had a handful of big games uh, throughout the course of your career. It was so impressive. But the star of that game, you also played with a star that we all think about now, um, George Iceman Gervin. What was it like playing with him?
5: Well, the Iceman. We always said the Iceman were the coolest character out there. My first game when I got traded to the Spurs, sitting on the bench with George Carl. and we were down by about eight points early in the third. And Iceman shoots a three-pointer, goes in, drives for the hoop, finger rolls.
4: Iceman drives for the hoop. Isn't that? Pretty- George
5: looks at me and says. The game is over. I said, We're still down by six. What are you talking about? He says, Well, the ice man just got off. And he had the ability to take over a game anytime. An amazing scoring machine. And with that body of his, you know, he could suspend himself in midair. And uh, he was an incredible scorer. Gervin, who can hit him anywhere. And the other thing I remember one year, you know, he's, he's not happy coming back to the Spurs because he didn't think he was getting paid enough. So he was going to hold out. We need this guy. You know, he's 28 points a game. And so he finally uh, signs up, I think, the day before the first game. First game, I don't know if he practiced. how do he get 35 points? So it was just innate ability to be able to score like he could. It was incredible.
2: We've all seen the numbers, but I think for today's fans, many probably have never actually seen George Girvin play. Can you describe what his game was like and what it was like for him on the court? as you watch so many occasions that he was just pouring in points?
5: Well, I think he he was taller than people thought. I mean, he was probably about 6'9". My first year with the Spurs, he was playing a forward. He was okay. You know, he's getting high team numbers. But when we uh, switched coaches and Doug Moe uh, came as opposed to coach the team, he put George at a guard position...
4: At the other guard position from Eastern Michigan at 6 feet 8 inches, number 44, George Gerbin.
5: It was more of a running gun, and that's where he really got off, and he could really demonstrate his incredible scoring ability. George Gerbin. that one did. That one it. That was a sweet move by the Iceman.
4: Great body control again. See how soft he lays it up there, Gary? That's the secret to his success.
5: He could take you off the dribble. He could uh, go around you and dunk it. He could hit from long range. And, of course, he had that ability from deep to finger roll the ball. I mean, it, it was something to see. People would pay to see that. It was, it was truly
2: remarkable. Gervin talked about the inspiration and development of his finger roll.
6: Well, you know, I developed my own finger roll. Of course, you know, I had other guys that, um, you know, I saw uh, finger roll Julius, Connie Hawkins, and, of course, Will. You know, so I pretty much emulated them and I was able to take the finger roll to another level, uh, you know, with my own shot. So, you know, that's how I pretty much came up with the finger roll. You know, I was playing and I I broke my wrist and, you know, I couldn't dunk as much, uh, you know, for a while. So, you know, the finger roll took it over and, uh, you know, I just think that was just a great shot for me because nobody could block it. You know, you just roll it over their fingertips, you know, and then they think they got it, and it just rolled over. You know, it was kind of creative to me, too.
0: Durbin and Brewer in there to get it. Durbin outside, guarded by Roy Sparrow, goes for the finger, let's
6: go. Oh, red wine and ball, you can see the rotation. You know, that was a great thing about, you know, the ABA days. You know, you, you can't, you could experiment, you know, because we didn't ever know we was going to merge with the NBA. You know, I, I didn't care. I was 19 and became a pro. I mean, I just wanted to play basketball. That's what I'm known for, you know, the finger roll. It's kind of nice to have your own shot named after you. So, you know, I mean, that's, it's a unique shot, you know. It's better than the dunk. It's more exciting than the dunk, you know. I mean, the dunk, everybody can dunk. But can't everybody think of it? Well,
5: he can shoot off of either foot. He has great body control, and it makes him very difficult to defend. And look at that shot by George Griffin. And the ice
4: says what's good for the goose is good for the gander.
5: Oh. Uh, he was a, a tremendous, tremendous scorer. And you're right, because of the lack of, you know, I guess, media coverage or TV coverage, you know, he didn't get his due. If he was playing today, he would be up there with the greats of the game.
2: Speaking of the greats, Dr. J shared some thoughts on Gervin.
7: I think with George, uh, more than any other player, really, whoever played the game, uh, I don't think there was a player who had it flow from him more than George. Uh, his build—he comes into basketball. He's six foot seven. He's uh, barely 170 pounds, and he came out of Eastern Michigan after his first year, or second year, maybe. This guy stands out there and he shoots, you know, three-point shots like they're layups. He shoots layups differently than anybody else, you know, because I mean, he, he can go to the hoop and he could throw the ball, you know, straight up in the air from any angle and have it come down through the hoop a large percentage of the time.
2: On the court, that's one thing, but he, he was also known to be a cool guy off the court. What, what was he like personally?
5: I remember uh, we played an all-star game from the Rocket Tournament in New York City, and I think we're playing the game at CCNY, and, uh, and there's a guy in a long black coat with a black brimmed hat, you know, looking too cool. And the guy goes, that's George Durbin, that's your, uh, who, who's that? He'll find out. So he always has a persona of, of being too cool, maybe that's where he was from, you know, the Michigan area, but it, it parlayed in his attitude toward his life, and of course, in his game on the court.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
1: help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
3: as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
8: to start listening.
2: Billy, you got, some great, you got some great stories about the Iceman. Do you have, when people ask you about him, playing with him on the court, off the court, do you have a favorite?
5: Well, certainly the one game that sticks out is the one against the New Orleans Jazz back in 1978 when Coach and the team Agreed that he should go get a scoring record from David Thompson. Yeah, that's the game. David Thompson got, mm, I think, about 73 points in the afternoon. He had an afternoon game, so he was the scoring champion at that time.
2: David Thompson talked about his amazing afternoon game.
5: Well,
3: I went into the game uh, down a few points on Girvin, uh, 15, 16 points. So I played that afternoon in the first quarter. I broke Wilt Chamberlain's scoring record. Uh, he had 31 points in a quarter. I scored 32. And I ended up with 53 and a half. I was uh, 20 out of 23 in the first half. I made 20 of my first 21 shots. I ended up with 73 points in that basketball game. And uh, I remember ML Carr was playing on the Detroit Pistons team, and he came up to me and said, "Man, I think you got it, DT. There's no way Gervin can beat you." And because he needed about 58 points to catch me for the scoring title.
5: But we had an evening game, and Iceman needed about 59 points. And it was easy to say to somebody, get 59 points, we're going to feed you the ball. One thing to say, it's another thing to do it. So uh, so that was an interesting scenario that we came into the game with.
2: Before that day and before coming into that game, d- did you guys think about George winning the scoring title at all? Were you, was that something that was a focus for him or for the team?
5: Oh, yes, it was. Because we knew what uh, David Thompson scored, we, we knew what he needed. Now, I, I think it was, nobody was saying it out loud until uh, the coach Doug Moe, said, let's get ice the record. And, and like I said earlier, you know, let's get him the record. Well, that's great. But he's got to go out there and do it. So we purposely shut down our scoring so he could have the ball a little
2: more. Gervin remembered that day and his thoughts going into the game.
4: Well, oh, I can remember that like night and day, you know, I mean, because it was, For me, it was one of the uh, greatest times in my career. last game of the season, you know, David playing in Detroit, my hometown, at the Cobo. That's where I played my high school uh, championship games at, and and, and I'm in New Orleans at the brand-new Superdome. I led the league all the way through the last game of the season, and, and David Thompson was always right behind me. David Thompson scored 73 points in the afternoon I thought we was playing in the afternoon, but some reason we played in the evening. So David scored at 73. Media called me in George. They called me in the afternoon. You know, in the afternoon, I'm usually watching my soaps and, you know, getting ready for the game. So I got the call. David Thomas just scored 73. He just took the scoring lead from you. You need 59. My teammates were standing down as I was coming down the escalator and say, Man, you heard of David, man. Doug Moe, who was my coach at the time, went to the locker room. Doug Moe said, uh, look here, guys. We're going to see if he can ice, get that scoring title back. And all my guys say, oh, cool. For me, it was, you know, special. The ironic thing is, in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken, he goes one for seven.
5: He misses, like, six out of his first seven shots, saying to myself, this is going
4: nowhere fast. Got on the floor, missed my first six shots, called timeout. I said, you know, cause that's a lot of pressure. I need 59. You know, I called time out and said, man, come on, man. We ain't got to do that, man. You know, I was just kidding. You know, because, you know, I mean, it was a lot of pressure. And my guy said, oh, man, come on, I come on, man. Let's, let's go. You know, it, it
5: became a a schoolyard game at that point. We were just trying to get the ball into his hands, so we were moving it up and down, and it was really no defense. I think in the second quarter,
4: he starts getting his rhythm, and he ends up with about 30. Three points. So we went back out there and stuff, and then, you know, I kind of got my little rhythm, scored 20 points. Second quarter came out, you know, and then I, you know, I scored 33. So, you know, I had 53. So, you know, I only needed 59. All of a sudden,
5: you know, he's got a chance to do this. Because getting 33 points in,
4: in a quarter, if I'm
5: not mistaken, was the uh, one-quarter record for anybody. I think mean, Will's had it at the 31, and, and the David Thompson, broke that when he got 73, 32. Well, now Gervin comes along and he gets 33. He breaks the record a few hours later.
3: I knew Gervin had to play that night. Uh, we took a flight back to Denver. And when we got to the airport, there was like 300 or so people there waiting to uh, congratulate me on my great performance and everything. And, uh, but I knew a player like Gervin with his scoring ability that that scoring title might not be real safe. Uh, I listened to his game for a while, and Gervin got off to a great start as well. Well, actually, he missed his first few shots, but then he got it going and had 53 in his game at halftime, so I stopped listening to it because I knew he had it after that because he only needed uh,
5: 59. Coming into halftime, you know, we felt pretty confident he could get another 20 points,
4: and, of course, he did. So, you know, second half come in and stuff, and Coach said, well, you know, you you got 53, so, you know, you only need six more. So, you know, you know, I was there then. So, you know, I kinda, you know, I, I felt a little cocky then, you know, and I just started shooting bad shots and stuff. Took me another 15 shots to get I'm 59. And Coach said, okay, you got 59. I said, Coach, let me get a few more points just in case they miscalculated. And ended up getting 63 in 33 minutes.
5: Of course, for a good measure, he got a few more, so we ended up with about 63 points. Yeah, it was quite an exciting night for him to get his uh, scoring title. And, you know, seeing somebody pour that many points, and you can see his whole repertoire of shots, it was something to see.
3: Uh, I found out the next day. I knew, I, like I said before, I listed the game to halftime, and he had 53 at halftime, so I knew it was just a matter of time that he was going to uh, get my scoring record. But Monty Tau called me. Later on, and said that uh, there's no shame in losing to a great player like George Gervin. Said uh, very few p- people will ever score 73 points in a basketball game, so that's something you should be really proud of. And Monty was exactly right.
2: David Thompson, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain. Those are the three people who have gotten 73 or more points in a single NBA game. He's right. It is an achievement to be proud of.
3: Uh, Gervin was. Uh, just like his nickname, he was the Ice Man. He, he scored so easy. He could shoot uh, from long range, go down the line, and uh, shoot his famous finger roll. He uh, could shoot off the backboard. He had a great touch, and uh, he was just an amazing
2: scorer. He could score from anywhere on the floor. The feeling was mutual. Gervin clearly admired David Thompson's game as well.
4: We have so much respect for each other. You know that when we tell the story, you know, it's you could tell it's fun. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, he he, he never showed me no disgruntlement, cause he knew what I could do. You know, and he even said, you know, if, if anybody could have done it, George Gervin coulda, and that's why I say about him. I mean, he was a scoring machine back in the day. DT man, now they talk all they want about six four, six five guy. But D.T. could put it in the hole.
2: David Thompson had a lot of admirers.
3: David Thompson's always been my favorite. I admired him when I was in a uh, younger age, when I was in high school.
2: Yeah, that was Michael Jordan. So he, he breaks David Thompson's 32-point record that literally he had, had just set a few hours ago. And then it took until 2015 for Clay Thompson to break it again. Mm-hmm. What, what was it like? What was it like being a part of that and watching him score in that manner in just one frame.
5: It was very important for him to get his record for us, I think, and as a franchise number 2 and of course for the people of San Antonio. They were the greatest fans ever and as somebody like the ice man who was a community leader, people that people looked up to. Uh, I think it was a, a tribute to the Spurs, a tribute to the organization and certainly a tribute to uh, Gurbin.
4: You know, for me, people talk about the points. You know what I talk about is the relationship that I had with my teammates. You know, because they didn't have to do it. Because I, in order for me to do it, they had to set picks for me, get me the ball in the right spots. And I credit them for my first scoring title. And
2: and I don't want to overlook uh, the the man he was competing against. What about David Thompson? You you played against him a lot in both the ABA the NBA. Uh, how tough was it dealing with him? Well,
5: certainly, the, the one thing that, that comes to mind, you, you re, I really never realized he was a true great scorer. But, you know, everybody says, well, you know, this guy, hey, he, he can jump 40 inches. He can jump 42 inches.
6: He's got the greatest leaping ability I've ever seen.
5: I always say, who's the best jumper of all, of you ever played against or played with? And I say, David Thompson, a true 48 inch leaper.
6: David Thompson, with a scoring jump shot.
5: But he had a great basketball skills to go with that. He was incredible to watch because once he got going and he had the ball, he was at some level as good as Dr. J. Now Dr. J had a little more length and he could get off the floor very well and finish very strong, but, uh, but David Thompson did that as well. He was uh, very hard to play against. He was very quick, great athlete, but he had the basketball skills to go with it.
2: Here's Dr. J on Thompson.
7: David was so quick, explosive, with that fear in you of getting dunked on. And the
2: jam by David,
7: Thompson. David was so gifted as an athlete, uh, dedicated to his profession, and as a young man uh, he was explosive, quick, fearless, and for a package his size, uh, pretty powerful, he Had pretty good uh, resiliency, uh, was not injury-prone, and was always a threat to go over the tallest guy on the court, slam the ball, you know, which brought about tremendous anticipation, not only from the fans, but from all the players on the court, teammates and opponents
4: alike.
2: Gervin has said that pistol Pete Maravich, he was on the sidelines for the Jazz.
4: Pete Maravich was encouraging me, kill him, Ice, kill him. I never get Pete on the sidelines. I say, kill him, Ice, kill him. You know, Pete Maravich, man, you know, I'm a young guy. You know I mean? And I appreciate greatness and he was greatness. And he was on sideline. Come on, Ice, kill him. You know, and I never get it. EC Coleman was guarding me. You know, he's supposed to be been Mr. Defense. I ain't, I ain't talking about you now, EC, but I know you're supposed to be been Mr. Defense. I killed him. Then after the game, they say, Ice, well, who was guarding you? I say, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> so that was what I want to, you know, and me and David Thompson still talk about it today.
5: Do you remember that? You know, I don't. I do remember that Pistol was on the sidelines. I don't remember why. Maybe he was injured. But, uh, you know, coming from maybe the greatest scorer of all time, I and mean, what are the average 44 points a game in college without the three point shot. I think he, he if anybody, could admire somebody who could uh, score uh, at will. And uh, that was kind of a tribute to Gervin as well when you had the greatest scorer of all time uh, rooting against this team and rooting for uh, somebody to, to break the scoring record.
2: With all the, the focus and the emphasis, especially during the game on Gervin to, to get that scoring title, uh, was there celebration? What was the locker room like in, in the way back to San Antonio after the game? Yeah, I
5: think the only thing that I can remember is that there was relief that uh, you know, we, we lost the game, ran up and down like crazy people, But at least we got what we set out to do. So there was a lot of relief that we got a missed record, and you know, let's move forward. So it it kind of worked out where uh, where everybody was satisfied, everybody was happy with the result of the of the
2: When we come back, we compare Gervin with Dr. J,
0: and get the Whoppers origin story.
1: Dot .com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
0: The Nikki Glaser
2: Podcast.
8: Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast.
2: I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of
8: roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about.
2: Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing, like, paragraphs to me.
8: Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast
4: Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You played with a lot of all-time greats. You've mentioned them, Rick Berry, Dr. J, Moses Malone, even Dominique Wilkins. How would you rank George Gervin among those?
5: he was certainly up there with every name you mentioned. All those people had their unique ability to set themselves apart from the regular players, whether they were better scorers, whether they were better defenders, whether they were better jumpers, but he was up there. And when you're a four time scoring champion, he was up there. He had no peer in that aspect of the game. So he should be remembered as one of the all time greats. And, uh, I was very proud to be a part of his team.
2: You mentioned Julius Irving. Um, you played with him in the ABA. How would you compare him with George Gervin and his game?
5: Oh, totally. Uh, well, not totally different. Uh, both great athletes, but Doc probably didn't have the range that George Gervin has as far as his jumper. But he had the knack around the, around the rim. He was stronger. He could finish as well as anybody. And he brought people to their feet. You know, when he had the great nickname, when a doctor was in the house, he brought people to their feet. He brought people into the stand, And uh, everybody knew that he was also, you know, a pretty darn good guy. So he was another one that I could say was up there with the the greats of the game as far as me playing with.
2: Last thing for you, Billy. You talk about the greats of the game. There's also a lot of great nicknames involved. George, Iceman, Gervin.
7: George Gervin, nicknamed the Iceman because of his calculated, cool shooting style.
2: David Skywalker Thompson.
3: My nickname was the Skywalker. Of course, I had the 44-inch vertical leap.
2: Of course, you, the Whopper. Where did some of these names come from, develop from, and in particular, you, the Whopper? That's, this is like one of my one of oh, my favorite yeah. nicknames. I, I didn't want to start. I didn't want to start the pod calling you that, but at some <laughs> point, I feel like. Maybe I can can call you the Whopper.
5: Well, that was back in college. I think I ate two of those burgers. (laughs) One of my teammates said, uh, you know, it probably takes two hands to handle a Whopper. And I don't know if it was my eating prowess or whatever, but, you know, I was also, uh, if I look back, I was one of the bigger people out there, you know, whether setting pigs, hitting jump shots, or grabbing a rebound. So it kind of fit. And... um, my good friends for over 50 years still call me that today. And uh, we can tell who the other people, why they got their nickname. And now it comes out. Yeah, it's, uh, It took two hands sometimes to handle
2: I love it. Well, Billy, the Whopper Pulse, I cannot thank you enough for all your time, all the insight, the memories. We really appreciate you. Well,
5: my pleasure.
2: NBA Flashback is a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA.